The ROI is incredible. One deal out of that, you make hundreds of thousands, maybe more than that. You don't want to go to where all the rookies are. You're not going to learn anything. Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Stephanie Baldrini. She is from California and got her start as an angel investor and quickly realized that she wanted to invest in commercial real estate for better returns. Well, her journey took some turns and she invested in car wash and did not go well. And she shares why. It's important to really understand what went wrong and lessons learned. And then she's now investing into self-storage. And we dissect that. What's working? What's not working? Where is she moving in the future? And she did one thing that it really propelled her to take her business to the next level. And I'm not going to share that with you now. You need to listen to our episode and really understand where did she put herself into in order to get that. Before we get into Stephanie's story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Welcome back, everyone. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. Our mission, our passion, what keeps us going day in and day out is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. We take that seriously, and we're so excited to have each week amazing women, whether it's investing, business, or self-care, our three pillars, come on and talk about their strategies and things you can't Google either, right? Things you're going to get from, from our podcast and from the conversation. So Stephanie, thank you so much for being on our show. We appreciate your time. Excited to jump into your story and how your path led you to self-storage and car washes and all the stuff we're going to talk about today. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. So first question for you, Stephanie, what lesson has taken you the longest to learn on your journey of investing? Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> not the longest, I would say, but more the biggest mistake was to not do research on a certain asset class before investing in it. Just get excited about it. Look at the numbers, say, oh, my skills are easily transferable. And uh, and it, it was not that easy. <laughs> I love that because, you know, Liz, Liz and I have done so many tests and we're looking to do like a brain scan coming up. <laughs> so stay tuned, people. <laughs> stay tuned. What we're going to find out. But one of the things that we, we did was a Colby test and it talks about um, quick stuff starters and, and folks that either do no research whatsoever, others that do a little research, others that do so many research that they don't do anything with it because they got so much there. So getting to know yourself, I think it's it's a beautiful thing and you, you understand what works and doesn't work. And I love what you're saying, Stephanie, because I believe that we get so excited, right? Investors 
all around that are listening here. We get so excited because we saw this on Instagram, on TikTok, and oh my gosh, and I can totally rock that. So really understanding the the, the pitfalls, uh, I would love to really focus on how that can be like fuel for your, your growth and success from your journey. You started it as an inva- uh, angel investor or you were active? Describe that for us, please. I was uh, working in tech sales uh, at startups here in Silicon Valley. And uh, at some point, you, you want to start investing, putting some of that money to work and started doing some angel investing just as a matter of being here in the Bay Area. Uh, and very, very quickly, I was dating a guy that was a real estate investor at the time. It, it became very clear that real estate was a much, much better form of investing in many, many, many different levels at least compared to angel investing, not venture capital. Venture cap- capital is still difficult, but angel is, is even worse. The chances mm. of you making it are very small. And until you get there, you're going to lose a lot. I met people that have been, been investing for 10 plus years with like Berkeley grads only. And they really run Berkeley grad startups. Mm. And I asked him, so are you on the positive or on the negative? And he said, I'm the negative. And I was doing this for 10 years. <laughs> so that's how I decided mm-hmm. to start learning everything about real estate. And I'm very lucky that I have learned about it, which is a fantastic asset class. What were the parts about real estate that you're like, this is gonna, this is gonna be much better than me investing in these businesses that, like you're saying, took 10 years and they're still not. Yeah. What about real estate that quickly got yeah. you in, you know? exploring. And I know you went into commercial, so I'd love to go there next, but you know, what, what, and I know a lot of women listening are, you know, investing or not yet. So why, why real estate for you particularly in particular? Yeah. Um, well over the last hundred years, 90% of all wealth created has been in real estate. Real estate goes up with inflation. So it's a fantastic form to protect your money. Um, Your rent goes up, everything goes up. Um, It's very hard to lose everything. And you have tax depreciation, uh, tax benefits that you can take advantage of. And best of all, you can leverage your money with a loan. So if I invest $100,000 in a stock, I will get $100,000 of stock. If I invest $100,000 in real estate, I will get $500,000 of real estate. Now, if both go up 10%, I made 10K on my stock and I made 50K on my investment on real estate. That's a 50% increase on your money. I love that. I love that way you said it very quick. And it's very simple in that way, right? Exactly. Um, Terms of the the leverage part, which is the the greatest part about real estate. So you started in commercial. Walk us through that path. You know, there's a lot of different places that you can get involved in in terms of real estate and different asset classes. So walk us through why commercial and what in commercial are you are you did you get involved in and, and walk us through that a little bit. So I know self-storage and car washes were in particular the focus for you. So my ex was in retail. So I started learning everything about retail first, all the leases and everything. And I was not sure where retail was going. Um, and I know that if a huge tenant leaves, you're left with a, you know a few years of potentially vacancy and you need to do a lot of tenant improvement uh, expenses and things like that. So it was a little bit scared of retail. 
So I learned on a podcast that self-storage was recession resistant and it does well in good times. So it's very solid on both uh, economic times. And I said, that's the one I want to invest in and ended up coming across this portfolio during the time that there were no deals. It was the beginning of my career, right? Just four years ago. Uh, four or five years ago, and uh, came across this portfolio of car washes and self-storage. And I said, ah, how hard could it be You know, to transfer everything that I learned? The numbers make sense. The numbers are great. And it was not the case. Uh, it's a very difficult asset class. I didn't even bother asking anyone that owns a car wash <laughs> what it feels like. Uh, what it, what it is like. I didn't even bother going to a conference, uh, which is one of the first things I tell people to do. Go to a conference, talk to people, meet people that can help you when you come across a, a problem and um, learn as much as you can. So let's break down the learnings, right? Nobody talks about it. Everybody goes on podcasts yeah. to like share all the good stuff here. But I think that is really important for investors to really understand that you're a business owner, right? Mm -hmm. Above anything else, you're running a business. I see every single property as its own entity. If they are on their own entity or not, they're their own entity in, in my head. They need to stand on it in, in their own, not like take Peter to be Paul. Like, no, take from Peter. What is it? To pay Paul. You got it. PayPal. <laughs> I, I was like, take Peter's clothes to take to, Peter to go to Paul. And yeah. <laughs> Peter and Paul are naked. Oh gosh. Anyway, <laughs> let's keep that. You got my point. Bad vision. But what, what right I'm now. trying to say here is that I don't think a lot of investors look at their investments in real estate and in business as a business. As you were saying, like, okay, let me do my market research. Let's connect with other people that are already doing what they're doing so I can learn from them and like skip. So let's talk about the pitfalls, right? We can we can start with, with a car wash because it's it's a shine object right now, which yeah. I am interested in learning more. <laughs> Literally yesterday, yesterday's conversation, right? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, we are talking about car wash more from a subscription model that I am interested in doing my research. And I know that my brain needs a lot of research, not extensive, but in order for me to, to be able to do that. But since you are here, let's talk about your experience within Car Wash. Share with us where, where you went wrong. And if, if you were to do it again, what would you have done differently? I'm talking from a, an operator perspective, right? So if you want to hire a property, a car wash manager, that, and you have a huge organization, maybe that's the, the asset class for you. It has many benefits like huge depreciation. Uh, so what happened is that it, it has a lot of moving parts. Something breaks every single day. If uh, you don't fix it right away, it's only going to pile up. You need a fantastic blue collar employees. And that's very hard to find. Very hard to find. Uh, Is it's it very a different hard world. to find right now after the pandemic, or it's been hard to find? Before? For me, it has always work. been hard to find. <laughs> Maybe I'm not doing a proper job of, uh, you know, the interview questions, but uh, they have a different life that we don't understand. 
uh, it's different things happening in their families. Uh, they don't have work um, integrity sometimes. Um, so it has been very difficult. So I did have a fantastic employee and something happened to him, unfortunately, that he um, went to jail. And after that, it things started to go down because I could not find a good employee. So in this particular city, I thought that we could just take out all the coin acceptance. Um, but uh, a lot of people there don't have credit or debit card, believe it or not. And so there are a lot of break-ins happening. You're dealing with cash collection. So even though you can, you have the coin counter, you have other people collecting that for you. Uh, there is a lot of break-ins. You try, you have to fix. It costs so much money to fix each break-in. It's not worth it from my perspective. My cash on cash that first year was, I believe, something around fifty-five percent. Uh, however, I don't. I did not have time to look at other properties. So I always tell people, what is important to you? Is time important to you? Is money important to you? Um, because these are all different things. Car wash, very time consuming, great cash on cash. Uh, multifamily, I don't know what's happening. Multifamily right now, that's not my forte. Uh, Self-storage, uh, definitely a lot less hands-on. It's, it's a little tighter right now with the cap rates, but it's really what is your priority? What do you want to learn? How can you add value to self-storage and not? So, Do you think that if the car wash was located in a different market, right? It's like the any real other type of real estate, right? It would really depend. I don't want to go to a war zone or see neighborhoods personally. I don't want to yeah. do that. Do you think that if it was on a, maybe, I'm assuming it was a C minus neighborhood that yeah. it was located. If it was located somewhere else, is there a possibility that the issues could have been mitigated or overall, no matter what the, the dynamic of the business, that's how, how it is. The dynamic is not for me. Um, so if you can, if you are able to always find fantastic people to work for you and maintain that car wash in top shape, which is a lot of work, uh, great by all means, but you're fully dependent on that person, uh, or people. Does it, it depend on the size, meaning obviously the 30 unit, I think in multifamily, right? If I have a 30 unit, the staffing for a 30 unit to to fix issues, what have you, is different mm -hmm. than a single family home because usually they yeah. take care of all the expenses and the and the upkeep or if there's something going on, unless it's something major. Curious, does car washes act, are they in the same vein? Meaning, um, are they kind of measured and, and managed by size? Or is it pretty, I mean, I've been to a bunch of car washes and they actually all look fairly similar. Some seem smaller than, and some seem larger, but is that also the way to think of car washes? Small, mid-size, large, and, and what size did you have? And, and does that impact amount of employees and in, 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 uh, in that type of maintenance issues? The ones that I have, they are uh, self-serve. <laughs> so they're, they, technically they should be simple. Sure. So you wash your own car. Uh, we don't have the tunnel. So uh, okay, gotcha. I think tunnel will be even probably worse. And, you know, where I live, I, I see these car washes, they have lines and lines and lines, but they have, I don't know, 30, 15 employees, right? So um, 
does one want to learn how to manage that? That, that? Then great. I really think it could be a fantastic asset class, especially over time, um, especially if you're building one from scratch in a good market. It depends on what I, is important to you, really. And if you me, want to focus on that asset class. Yeah, I think for me, what is important as a customer and as a as an investor, what I'm looking for is scalability. Can I scale that? And what's going on with my customers, right? Mm-hmm. So like reverse engineer, I am the customer that I want to serve. So me, I don't want to wash my own car. And yeah. I also want to go quick and and I want to go in and I, I don't want to get out of my car and either to pay to do anything. So I went for the first time on this car wash near here. It's a subscription model, meaning you join their membership, I guess. Mm-hmm. And if you use it, great. If you don't, you don't. But there was no people. No, zero, none. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever. You you open up, you put your card over there, you'll you pay, open up the little thing there, you walk, you drive through, you get the hell out, and it's just there's two lines. I was like, wait a minute, I really like this. Nobody, nobody, unless you want to do the what is it called? Waxing thing. The mm. like the, don't worry about waxing anything. I've but never waxed a car it, in my entire it, life. Yeah, I was like, who cares? I don't care. <laughs> um, I got to go, right? So it was, for me, that is something that I'm really lo- interested in in learning. And I heard, ladies, and I know you guys are curious, right? I heard another day an interview, and I told Liz about this. Um, <laughs> the singer called Jason Dorillo. He has 13 different types of, of stream income. And in this interview about business, uh, somebody asked him, uh, what is the, the number one right now model that is working for him? He mentioned about real estate, of course, right? It's on his portfolio. But one of the things he said, it's not glamorous, but it's the subscription model uh, for different things, including uh, car wash. So. It's something I think that the more that we get the technology, right? We're talking technology right now, which we didn't have 10 years ago with AI. Who knows? <laughs> We're going to have some voice activation and all of that. I think it's very interesting to, to as a business owner to, and you're on Silicon Valley, right? So you, you can really see different things that startups that are happening there. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Let's talk about self-storage. What attracted you? 
Of course, there's no tenants and toilets. So what else <laughs> can, trash. can an investor want? <laughs> or trash, yeah. Or the trash. Like, they had yeah, teas. All the teas. Uh, <laughs> What a dream about that. But from from an investor perspective, what attracted you to this asset class? The number one thing was that it was recession resistant and it was around 2018, 2019 that I heard someone talk about it on a podcast and we were overdue for a recession or a downturn. And I said, that's the one I want to focus on. Also, I don't like uh, dealing with people regarding multifamily is not my forte. Um, and I don't want people coming in 24-7, right? With with self-storage, they come in on an on average twice a year to their unit. It's a garage door that you have to maintain. So <laughs> it's a whole lot easier in many different levels. Um, and I know that multifamily at the time, I don't know what's happening now. The cap rates were incredibly compressed. Yeah. And Same. nothing Still. made sense. <laughs> Still. Yeah. <laughs> but we're seeing people return the keys to the bank, right? Like the one in Houston, 2,000 or 3,000 units. Um, it's happening. Um, so the, their loans are due. What are they going to do with a loan that is uh, the interest rate that is twice as high? It's not, it's not possible when you bought at a three and a half, four percent cap rate. The ease of uh, maintenance, ease of not really needing a full-time employee on site, uh, ability to add technology to it so people can rent uh, with their phones, scan a QR code, get in whenever we get to meet our customers. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it's a lot easier from a brain cell usage perspective. It, for introverts, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like exactly. people, so it's perfect. <laughs> but let's let's break down the pitfalls, right? What what have you learned about self-storage that you wish you knew when you got started? My facility did not have uh, cameras, and uh, we got some break-ins. Uh, the person was going through the roof from one unit hmm. to the other, so uh, hmm. we didn't know. <laughs> that that was happening. So it had affected quite a few units. So put cameras right away and find somebody to watch those cameras. I found somebody in another country where it's daytime when it's our night. So I feel easy. I feel better uh, for these people watching and they have been wonderful. Hmm. Has been the biggest oh, nice. lesson. That's, that's smart. Because mm -hmm. then you have 24, literally somebody literally. 24 hours. And smart yeah. of the other guy too to go from the top, yeah. right? Smart. Yeah. The value add aspect of any asset class is always where money is to be made, right? From multifamily to to self storage to fill in the blank, and the management of it is one element on how to obviously improve, optimize the technology part is also critical. Women listening that are looking at self storage, right? What do they want to look at? Okay, this is what this this is what the self storage facility has now, probably like a mom and pop, same like multifamily. But this is what it can be. So what what would be things that they want to look for where it's not being optimized? They're not using the correct technology. Is there sure ways because it's obvious with, you know, if you see a lot of forehead ads at a multifamily, I know it seems obvious, something right. might be a off what? because if you see a lot of for rent ads in, in the, and in, you know, for, oh, rent, for ads. rent ads. Yeah, for rent ads. My, my like signs. I'm sorry. I'm, in what's that? For a second. So, and, and yes, people, the accent kicks in in our brain when we hear <laughs> too. So, what I heard is a single word that she said for rent ad. 
I was like, I do not know that word. Learning something. I meant to say, actually, thank you for calling me out though. I meant to say for rent signs is that when you see it for some, for some weird reason, when we were actually long story short, we had to find a 50 unit the amount of for rent signs that this person had on their lawn was enormous. It was crazy amount, meaning that was their strategy at finding new, new tenants. They were not using, uh-huh. they're not optimizing any sort of What are you talking tech. about? Like they put a bunch? Yeah. Like that was going to- each other? Yeah. They put them everywhere on their, lo- their location as their strategy for finding new tenants. The strategy, only strategy. Yeah. A few years ago. Yeah. Mark in, Cook, yeah. Yeah. So my point, right? That's an, an opportunity like, whoa, this is your strategy. There's, you know, let's, let's welcome to 2023. My point though, is that what are those things for self-storage? What, what are those things that, that women could be looking for as they're looking at self-storage units or they're studying this asset class? What are those, those signs that be like, oop, this is an opportunity to optimize? Yeah. So like any other asset class, can you increase rents or de- and or decrease costs? And can you build more? Um, so mm-hmm. You want to look at, of course, the properties nearby. How much are they charging? Are they fully occupied? Do they even have a website? Um, sure. So if they don't, it's fantastic. Uh, if the one you're buying doesn't have a website, fantastic. Um, if they haven't raised rents for a long time, fantastic. So uh, those are all the things that you want to look at. They're the major things that um, I always take a look at. Besides, of course, after doing the market research, of course, so is it a good market, growing market, low poverty rate, um, diverse industry and things like that? In terms of like, I was curious to, to understand and hear people's opinions about the horizontal model or the vertical model, right? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on those? In what way? The horizontal is like when it's like flat, maybe there is a name for it, right? It was like one next to to. One next to the, oh, the, the, the units storage. Are, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, the storage are, are, are flat. Do you invest yeah. more on those? Or there are those buildings that they've been converted into self-storage, but they are all skyline vertical. Yeah. Which ones um, do, you, do you invest more? The one, one level, it's called drive up typically um, because you can drive to your unit. Hmm. The other ones, they're more, uh, they're a little fancier, I would say, where you're, you would be building one yourself. Um, if you buy those, they're typically owned by big REITs and they are already expensive. So you probably want to build those uh, at some point in your career, which is what we're looking at doing here, um, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, as a next step. But um, yeah, the the normal, the typical one is a drive up one level. One thing that I've seen also when I drive and I observe what's happening, I, I, and I don't know if that's what, that was a shift after uh, 2020 or not, but I think in 2020, a lot of people got RVs to yeah. get the hell out of their houses and yeah. go somewhere, right? And now the the HOA cannot doesn't allow you to park your RV in front of your house or mm-hmm. whatever. So what I'm seeing a lot, a lot actually, is that those storage um, units also have places for people to park their RVs. Yeah, it's a great that market, definitely. So people will I, drive far, say, further. So is this a way to kind of like let's say I have a a, a storage unit right now and I'm looking to maximize the potential of it. I look at it as like, okay, what's the best use of this land that that I have? 
besides the RVs, and I, I'm assuming this will be like an extra fee on top of the current rate is. We're renting a storage unit right now, so I'm all into all the fees, the uh, <laughs> other, the add-ons, right? But besides the, the RV, is there any other add-on that could be added to the uh, storage unit? Sometimes you buy a facility that has non-climate controlled uh, units only. So you can add on a climate controlled sec- section. Um, you can add some containers instead of building uh, storage from scratch. Um, RV is definitely a huge market right now. Um you know, some some states, as you ladies know, are di- more difficult to to get things approved than others. Um, and sometimes the CD fees are it makes the project uh, unfeasible regarding uh, that kind of thing. So um, I would say those are the major things. There are all kinds of different storages that you can focus on, like food storage, right? But those are all different niches. Mm. Um that exists and requires definitely a lot of research before um, building something like that. I'm, and I'm curious, you mentioned something a, a, a moment ago or a few minutes ago about the tighter returns. So while car washes, back to the car wash conversation, you said had a you know pretty decent cash on cash return, yeah. but the experience of getting that just wasn't something you were interested in doing. Then you said something about really going all in and, and really growing your self-storage business, if you will but it has tighter returns right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to understand a little bit of that for you and also how you're navigating that. And then you also mentioned your building. So walk us through that thought process because I think regardless of what asset class you're in, multifamily is a perfect example, that yeah. you know, those are all the questions that savvy investors are asking themselves right now. You know, do Okay, this is a little tighter. Do I, do I do more here? Do I just stop that? Do I build? Do I, where's, the, where's, the, where's the uniqueness here in this market where I can thrive? basis yeah. of what's going on, right? That's the question most people are asking regardless of what asset class. So I'm curious to hear your, your how you've navigated those pieces of the tighter returns and then building uh, because I think it could be transferable to, to most listening. Yeah. So, you know, as business owners, there will always be something happening to whatever industry, right? So right now, a lot of people are interested in self-storage and you just got to find a way to find out other deals or you find something else within that asset class like cold storage or wine storage or whatever, RV mm. storage. Um, so you just got to keep on pounding it, you know, and <laughs> getting getting your, your business going forever. It doesn't end. Um, so I would say one of the things that really, really helped me take things to the next level is to join a, a mastermind. In my case, that it was particularly focused in self-storage because I was able to find uh, two partners there so far. Uh, and that really had an inflection point level uh, to my business. Um, I also had to present there. So I put my goals on a paper and I show them 1 billion to you know, self-storage in 10 years. So that means I need to build one from scratch every year at a minimum. So that's how I started talking to people to find land. And now um, we're getting a contract for uh, land in California, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, all part of the mastermind, but you also gotta, you gotta, you gotta do the work. You gotta follow up with people. You have to build relationships. It's uh, it's a more than full-time job as you ladies know. Yeah. I think that one of the pitfalls is when we, we rely on our own experience and resources. Right. And, yeah. and it's yeah. just, um, 
as we grew as an immigrant from Brazil, and I know you're from Brazil too, I think that yeah. the, the tendency into like, okay, listen, we figure out how to live in another country, how to speak another language, how to fight in another language. Oh, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Uh, we can do all of it, right? And I think that for everybody that starts investing in real estate it's not we're not challenge your capacity to to make it happen right if yeah. you're investing in real estate and not choosing to you know have a, a quote-unquote secure uh job for the rest of your life you you have the grid to make it work no matter what what we are saying here is that making the investment to be in a mastermind surround yourself around people who are playing the same level. I'm not talking about you guys getting into like a networking event where you're the smartest person in the room and it's super comfortable. I'm sure for you to be in front of all their business owners and share your goals, it, it, the courage to do that, it's it's no joke. We're not talking about that. But that opened up so many doors, right? And how much to, is that worth? How much for you, Stephanie, was worth it to get oh, yeah. one contact? The ROI is incredible because you, you one deal out of that, right? You make whatever, hundreds of thousands, maybe more than that. <laughs> and go to I the expensive ones, I have to say. Stuck. Yeah, but people get stuck on the initial investment. Yeah, don't think about that because you don't want to go to where all the rookies are. You're not going to learn anything. And these people, they're unlikely to be in the business three years from now. There are a lot of people that get excited, right? Go to the rookie, maybe to learn something, take a class. Yeah. But go to the expensive one. Those are where all the professionals are. I met so many uh, people and now I have a, a third partner actually from another uh, expensive event that I went to. Yeah, there's such there's such truth in that, right? We we get what we pay for. Mm -hmm. I know that because I sometimes used to buy cheap fill in the blank and it it does it does matter, right? It does matter. Yeah. Then the things that I paid for, I'm like, I had that a long time. I paid more for that, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> So Stephanie, where can the ladies listening learn more about you and connect with you further? I'm on LinkedIn. Um, just search my name and my website is montecarlorei.com. I have a podcast in commercial real estate investing called Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z. We don't talk about um, residential or multifamily, but we talk about everything else. Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Stephanie, is... What's the most transformational book you ever read? I always read the Bible, but I'd say right now, uh, 10X is easier than 2X. Mm. Fantastic by the who, not how guy. I love that. Our first investor, Khan, one of our speakers uh, that 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 worked for, for Dan, that was one of her presentations. And people were like, what is that? 10X is easier than, than, than 2X. And, and it's just like amazing to see what can happen. Uh, we're going to add here on the show notes, the interview that we have uh, with her and you guys can check it out too. So second question, uh, what's the most transformational routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? 
I uh, always exercise at least five days a week and I make a smoothie every morning of like 30 ingredients that I think is very, very healthy. Love that. Last question, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? My mom. She raised three children uh, with very difficult uh, circumstances and uh, somehow brought us all here to this wonderful country. Very grateful. Stephanie, thanks again so much for being on our show and, and sharing uh, openly your, your path and all the things that are working and the things that you're like, I'm not doing that any longer. So we appreciate that so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, ladies. Really appreciate it. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao. 